Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road, Road Muscle, Muscle Radio is on the air. From the magnificent Cowlick Media offices located right here in my basement. Not your basement. This belongs to Sid. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to post a picture of him now. Sid is uh, one of the two cats that I have, and he is right now uh, overseeing and micromanaging just damn near oh, yeah. everything and going on here. We are we are being observed. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're not uh, – oh, there he goes. Yeah. I guess we didn't do well Not your basement. <laughs> this belongs to the cats. This I've is, become convinced. This is just a, a subterranean cat tree. Yep. Uh, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at roadmuscleradio.com, where we'll have links, our blog, events, and, of course, our podcasts. Now, coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, why affordable classics aren't as affordable anymore. A new way to unleash your Hemi Howl. Yes. A kit to make your modern BMW bike into a rare classic. Yeah, well, when the kit cost 19 times what the bike did. (laughs) I don't think so. And 580s models recommended as cheap investments. Uh, As for segment two, forget about it. it, Crap happens. Law of of averages. We'll just be our own special guests. That's that's fine. We're very special. It's it's not like we we don't talk enough to fill our... Yeah, well, you know, you're not wrong there. (laughs) Ask our wives. Uh, Um, Well, how's your week been? What you been doing car-wise? You know, I toyed around with my own stuff. I'm always... Old cars, you always got something to work on. Well, yeah. But somewhere along the line, and I may be guilty of this, somebody introduced my father to bring a trailer. <laughs> and uh, God love the old man. He's a bit of a car guy, and he's retired, and he's got a little money to play with. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting at home diligently working on the other show this afternoon, and I get a phone call, and I see it's dad, and I'm thinking – Crap, he's going to want to move a refrigerator or something. <laughs> and I pick up the phone. Hi, Pop. How you doing? He says, hey, have you seen this 71 Corvette on Bring a Trailer? <laughs> no, but I'm about to. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Let it go. Give, give me a second. Well, here's the first thing. that My very first memories of anything are of his bottle green, or his Elkhart Green 72 Corvette ragtop. And this thing was almost the twin for that car. And he's looking at it, and it's got about an hour left, and he's going nuts. Hey, look at this, and it's green, and it's got a green interior. And, you know, we start talking about that, and I'm thinking, man, the old man's hard on the Corvette. He's uh, He might do this. And then he says, oh, and hey, did you see this Ford Woody Wagon? 51 Ford Country Squire Woody Wagon. Oh, God. And it was mint. Somebody had done the best restoration on it. It it looked like a million bucks. And we're looking at that. And I'm just when I've shifted gears from Corvette to Woody Wagon, and I'm looking at the Woody Wagon, and I'm getting all wound up about that. And he says, hey, did you see this international traveler, this international uh, travel all? Oh, my God. What? (laughs) 
And I, okay, well, give me a second. It's banana yellow. It is screaming oh, big dude. bird yellow. You're getting right into my neighborhood, roof, man. And it's got black and yellow, really yellow seats in it. I mean, <laughs> you'll, you won't need coffee anymore. And he's looking at that. And then he picks out some other car. And, and geez, he's he's like a kid in a candy store. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I know why I'm so bad at this now. I get it. Yes. I absolutely freaking <laughs> you get buy it. it natural. It's all your fault. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. And right in the middle of my day, he just calls up. We kill 45 minutes, the two of us, looking at crap. Oh, hell yeah. And bring a trailer. He's in his office on his phone. I'm in my office on my phone. And we're just scrolling through, looking at all this shit. And <laughs> I'm thinking, you're you're 77, Dad. Now, he's a really healthy, really active 77. Oh, yeah. He does not sit still. He'll get some miles on him. Uh, yeah, he will. He absolutely will. And he owns, hell, I don't even know how many cars he owns anymore. You know, this is the hell of owning a warehouse. And uh, he's talking about all this stuff. And while we're on the phone, he's got me on speaker and has kind of sunk him a little bit. My mom walks in and says, you can't buy any more cars. <laughs> And he says, look at this. Isn't this a great-looking Woody? <laughs> so, honestly, it, baby. highlight of my car week is probably listening to my dad try to hard sell my mom <laughs> on, uh, hey, let's buy three, four more collectible cars. So, God love you, Dad. Uh, I, I just enjoy it. He's like a giant kid, and I know where I get it now. And I love them both, but he's crazy. <laughs> but dad is nuts. <laughs> he's 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 a uh, he's a little car crazy. And again, I get where I get it. But it's fun to watch your parent act like a juvenile delinquent with a piggy bank. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's all right. Hey, um, you know, go ahead, collect all those cars, dad. And if it ever comes down to it, I'll be happy to help you out with them. Yeah, I'm there for you. <laughs> How about you? I know you went and looked at that giant uh, New Yorker. Oh, yes. I looked at a bomber, uh, 1967 Chrysler New Yorker. And I had my old Haggerty uh, car list with me. You just brought this new one today. New Haggerty price guy. I out. haven't even looked through that one yet. It's wicked solid. I already got that 67 marked right here. <laughs> 67 New Yorker 440. with a. It was a two-door hardtop coupe. And uh, condition number four, which is you know kind of good. Condition it's sixty six hundred. Well, it's uh, probably a uh, like a three point five. I don't, I don't think it was a number four because four is getting pretty bad. Well, actually, I would uh, according to I re looked in the front of the book. Uh, five is one that's really not great condition. It's a pile Fours, of parts. <laughs> uh, six is a parts car. <laughs> so there's six five means it's run, but it's got significant paint issues and this and that. And the more I thought about that one, I'm like that was probably a five. Because, you know, it was in my price range. <laughs> I don't know who I'm trying to kid here. Are you taking the price guide with you? Hey, listen, this is what you got. And you know what? It was, it was pretty sweet. Started right up. Um, it needed some brake work. And it's drums all the way around and big, big effing drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like special order, the pads effing drums. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have been the first t uh, boat with uh, brake issues you and I had ever ridden in. Yeah, not the first. Probably won't be the last. <laughs> the... Uh, Interior was great condition. The body overall was really pretty straight. I did find one place with a little bit of putty, and uh, you could tell that the front uh, front passenger fender had been dinged, and they it was pretty straight. It needed to be redone, mind you. But, but the you could, back window. The back window. <laughs> that was exciting. 
<laughs> you know, I'm looking through all that. There's not much. There, the you know. trunk has surface rust. You can tell some water sat in there a little bit in just a few places, and that's not unexpected in my price range. But uh, that back window, I got up to it, and I'm like, wait, what? There's a good reason you're not supposed to use home repair materials to do auto repair. It reminded me of something my mom and dad would have done. (laughs) Like, you know, in their elder age. Go get that caulk we used in the bathroom. Yeah, where's that that there silicon caulk? That'll stop up anything. And uh, it was the the person had taken silicon caulk. The the previous owner was a much older gentleman, a a very old gentleman, actually, who'd passed away. And he had taken this sili- clear silicon cock and just smudged the f-, f all around that back window because apparently uh, the, where the chrome trim was next to the, the body had rusted. Well, the body had rusted. He should have used the white cock. Then you couldn't have seen the rust. Well, yeah. The- <laughs> I'd have never known. Get up there. And it looks like a two-year-old sneezed on that car. Can't you just hear it now? Give me that cock gun. I'll fix this. Some bitch right up. That thing ain't going to leak, leak no more no how. Not here in Kansas, I'll tell you now. Took a good listen, of course, to the engine. And there was a little bit of a tick up toward the uh, the valve cover. Okay, I, so but maybe it so- some... Well, it sounded... It really did sound to me like it was either a little bit of arcing going on, a little tick, 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 tick of, of an arc. It may have just been uh, lifter noise or... Yeah, something uh, pretty simple. But then it was that little dink, 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 knock down underneath, <laughs> <laughs> lower on the engine. I'm like, oh... Did you a- happen to look at the oil in this thing? Yeah, actually, oil was good. Transmission was just red as the day is long and lovely. Um, uh, I did not look at the fluid or the, uh, the coolant, which I should have, but before it started, but well, know. yeah, but by the time you've already seen the window yeah, and, and the I'm, li- and the I'm listening and the- to it, you know, kind of sound like a little bit of a clock going on in there. And I'm like, you know, no, <laughs> no, damn it. No. Oh, so, well. So afterwards I, I left there and it was, it was a gorgeous day. Saturday was Gorgeous. It was. And uh, the drive down was beautiful, and I had the windows down on my truck, and I'm listening to great music, and I go look at this car, and it's like, nope, uh, of course. And so on my way back, I stopped in Ottawa, Kansas, and went to the All Hot Rods Matter car show. All Hot Rods Matter. Yeah, and I didn't know it was kind of a protest against all the uh, car shows being shut down. Uh, I just went there, and it was a no-cost, bring your rod, and it was piled up with cool cool cars dude that's awesome uh, on on the facebook uh site the uh, road muscle radio on facebook you can find them i haven't loaded them up to the website yet but will and just uh, what, what a great day and fun people to talk to talk to a bunch of people didn't record any of it because i was just kind of there on my own i did happen to have my camera you know for what we do and we talk about cars all the time yeah. and we try to get decent guests on the show and we we record a lot of stuff and we record people at car shows and stuff it's sometimes it's fun to put the camera down and put the recorder down and just be just there. remember why we enjoy this so much oh yeah so yeah. you know I, ped admonishes me for not dragging my camera around all the stuff that we went to last year <laughs> and we have in the past and i i finally looked at him once and i just said Sometimes I just want to be a car guy. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be writing articles. I don't want to be crafting something in my head. I don't want to be asking people a million questions, trying to craft some sort of interview on this. But sometimes I just want to shoot the breeze with car people and enjoy myself. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing. I did eventually break out my pipe. I just kind of smoked my pipe and watched them roll by. Oh, it's beautiful. 
It's a great a, day. And insert your own illegal substance no, joke here. No, it's, I don't do that. It's called Black Knight, and it's a uh, black connecticut. It's a delicious. Anyway, I'm about to spur off on another. Uh-huh. Stop it. That's for it's another podcast. It's just a podcast. wonderful day. Wonderful That's day. for another podcast. You got that right. Still- do, you want, do you want to say howdy to some of our listener cities? Voronezh, uh, Russia. It's the Russians. You're kidding me. Voronezh, Russia. We've had several listens from there, so thank you. Toronto and Regina, Canada. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I don't know where Regina is, by the way. Uh, but I, because uh, I'm too lazy to look the thing up. But you know, if you're in the French part, then bonjour. <laughs> I really don't know. Barcelona, Spain, or Barcelona, uh, San Jose, California, also Bucyrus or Bucyrus, uh, Ohio, and Keller, Texas. It's Bucyrus, Ohio, just like we've got a Bucyrus, Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Or, or Bucky Russ, depending upon who you're talking to. Oh, and uh, Voronezh, Russia. By the way, I forgot to say Happy Lada Day. I know that was here in the past week or so. And there were parades, and there were a lot of lotus. So it's the only car that makes a uh, Yugo look like a Yuga. I I have been well. Yugo was East German, and Lada is Russian. But you know, it's all communist block. I've been out of the country exactly once. And most people who get out of the country, first time they go, they go to Mexico, they go to Canada, they go do something like that. My one trip out of the country was Jamaica. And as I understand it, because we got down there, and there are these crappy Russian Ladas everywhere. And as I understand it, now I could be absolutely wrong. I haven't looked this up. I might be just talking out of my butt. But as I understand it, part of smelting aluminum requires the uh, requires bauxite, and there is very little bauxite to be found in Russia or the former Soviet Union. So what they did is they worked kind of a weird-ass trade with Jamaica oh, that man. has no domestic car manufacturing. Well, no. <laughs> they were trading Lottas for bauxite to Jamaica, oh, awesome. to, the, to the Jamaican government. And the Jamaican government, well, I guess, was selling Lottas. There are these crappy little Russian four-doors all over that island. Now, the other thing about Jamaica is they've got this one ring road that goes all the way around the island. And when I was there, just like uh, it's about 15 years ago, that road looked like they had borrowed it from Beirut. <laughs> it is, it is a pothole, bombed out, god awful. It's horrible, dude. You ever been through the middle of Arkansas? <laughs> it makes that look it's, like the brickyard at Indy. It, it's <laughs> that road is so bad. I told I told my uh, my wife, <laughs> wife number one, not the sequel. Uh, when we were there, you could make a fortune in Jamaica if you just sold brake pads. Because, man, that road is so bad. Everybody's jamming on the brakes and dodging them. And, and plus, everybody there drives. They don't. There's no moderation. It's either gas to the floor or brakes to the floor. Uh, I'm not a religious person, and I prayed to God at least three times coming from the airport to the resort. And there's these craptastic Lottas everywhere, uh, Toyota pickups and craptastic Lottas. It was really something else. And, uh, yeah, uh, I've they're, they've got no business being in Jamaica. Well, Lottas really have no business being anywhere. Well, maybe next year for Lotta Day we'll go down to Jamaica. <laughs> I think that would be just fine. Go find that resort we stayed on and the guy who tried to sell me a trash bag full of dope. <laughs> <laughs> And that's no joke, but it's oh, a story for another time. <laughs> All right, in the news. Well, uh, 
you can attest to this. Yeah, Affordable classics are getting tougher to find. They are difficult to find. Uh, from WolfStreet.com, an opinion website written by analyst Wolf Richter. Wolf Richter. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. We're back into those communist block countries. <laughs> uh, auction activity in August dropped to the lowest level since August 2010, according to Haggerty's September report. Part of the reason Monterey, uh, Monterey's August auctions took place mostly via online or phone bidding and some closed room bidding in a reduced capacity. The overall results in terms of volume and high-end sales at the Monterey auctions can't be compared to last year's Monterey auctions, as such comparisons would yield misleading results, said Haggerty in its report on the auctions. And I can verify that because I always yeah. cover auctions in, in Monterey. They are a monster draw. You cannot believe the crowds that show up for these things. Or the I remember when you called me from there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, the cars are so at the curb. Oh, man. It's... It, <laughs> If you if you're a car guy and you haven't made it to Monterey Car Week yet, do yourself a favor, book your hotel room now and go next year. It's just unbelievable. But nice. it, it, I digress. Uh, <laughs> last year's Monterey auctions had already been rough, crowned by the now infamous non-Porsche prototype that RM Sotheby built as a 1939 Porsche Type 64, and as the most historically important Porsche ever publicly offered with a predicted selling price in excess of $20 million. Ped and I watched this. Shit show deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. Wall to wall. <laughs> the problem was the gentleman they had as the auctioneer, uh, I don't know if he was a Brit or an Aussie. I couldn't quite place the accent. But it was difficult to discern when he said $13 million. It sounded like $30, 30 million. Oh, $30 million. And the room went nuts. And he went 13, 14, 15, 16, and people thought he went 30, 40, 50, 60. Oh, God. Till he got to 17 million. And awesome. even the board was showing 70 million. Oh. And people thought he went 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 when he was doing it in the teens. And then he, he realized what was going on. And when they got, you know, they thought he was saying $70 million, he corrected. He said 17. 17. Oh. Well, there was so much excitement in the room that it absolutely let the air out of everything. And people left. People left the room before the auction was done. They turned on their heels and walked out. And you could tell that it, the, the feeling had been palpable and then it died. And that auction, everybody thought that thing was going to sell for $70 million. And Ped and I looked at one another and said, Oh, that dude's fired. <laughs> He's, I, you know, I don't blame him for walking out. I would want to bid on something if suddenly it's going to sound like and numbers are going to start showing. Yeah, I'll go 12. What do you mean 48? Uh -huh. Jeebus Chrysler. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody thought it went 13. Everybody God. thought it went 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. That's a heartbreak. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, if, if you doubt me, folks, go watch The Sucker on YouTube. <laughs> Look for RM Sotheby's 2019. <laughs> oh, damn you, YouTube, where F-ups uh, never die. Oh, yeah. And uh, I guarantee you that thing will have a million views on it when you look it up. So the problem was Porsche AG itself which was founded a decade after this car was built, resolutely refused to claim the car. 
in a mess with fake displays of bids jumping to 70 million. The whole thing collapsed. The car didn't sell, and the rest of the auctions went to hell. Uh, but two years ago at the 2018 Monterey auctions, two records were set. A 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO sold for $48.4 million. I saw that car in the flesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you might need a little alone time. The highest price ever paid for any car at auction and a 1935 Duesenberg SSJ Roadster sold for $22 million, the highest price ever paid for an American car. Bergen. Uh, at the Monterey auctions this year, no high-end cars were sold. Online auctions still didn't seem to cut it for cars that cost many millions of dollars. So if all that's true, what's happening for the cul-de-sac crowd? Yeah. Collectible cars priced under $30,000 are doing very well and have reached an all-time high this month. Their values continue to rise with no discernible large drops. Among Haggerty's seven primary indices, which are updated three times a year, January, May, and September, the 1960s American muscle car saw the steepest price declines, and affordable classics experienced the biggest price gains. And that just pisses me right off. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You've got new collectors who are coming, people who are coming of age now, and have a little bit of disposable income and also, you know, in the midst of all the crap that's gone on this year. And this year has just been a Twilight Zone, twilight zone zoo parade end yeah. to end. People are looking for tangible investments. And a collector car is never worth zero. Yeah. And it's tough to go out and drive your retirement account around. But you can go jump in your car and have some fun, blow off some steam get happy, come back home, and it's still the same investment you had. So there's that. And the other thing is, and, you know, I did it this summer. I went out and I found a, a collectible but affordable Harley, one of their iconic bikes, a Mooglide. And it needed a little. I know how to do that. I brought it home. I dolled it up. You've seen the bike. Yep. Uh, it turned out pretty nice. And it's given me something to work on that kept my mind off all of the other garbage that's going on in the world. Yeah. So... I get it. The affordable classics, man, it gives you something to work on. You can drive it around. You can Petrol have some therapy, fun. Petrol therapy, something you kind of know. Yep. So when you invest in it, you kind of have an idea of what you're doing instead of looking at a startup going, I don't understand yeah, what you're yeah, doing, but yeah. you said I'll get money. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think there's a lot of good logic behind that, and I believe in it. And, you know, God bless Dad. We're going to probably do that one again. <laughs> Come on, Pop. What's next on Bring a Trailer? Let's go, Dad. <laughs> From CarBuzz.com, a new exhaust system uh, can let you fulfill the potential of your Hemi's sound and fury. I saw this article earlier today, and I thought, if Mark hasn't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, I have. Uh, last week, Magnaflow announced its new XMOD exhaust system for Hemi V8-equipped muscle cars. Now, if you have a Dodge Challenger from 2017 to present, a 2015 to present Dodge Charger, or a 2015 to present Chrysler 3C100. What the hell? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Uh, listen up. This Magnaflow system covers Hemis from FCA's 5.7-liter uh, unit up through the 6.2 and 6.4-liter variants. Best of all, system allows customers, allows you to select the sound level and character that's right for you. Yeah, they even have a piss your neighbor off kit. <laughs> there, you are not wrong, dude. Uh, there's the XMOD muffler modules with straight through cores for a bold, burbly, blah, 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 exhaust I think system. bold is an understatement. <laughs> and then there's the Xtreme deletes. 
that let let loose the Hemi's full unadulterated roar. Now these are like basically clip on clip off chunks mm-hmm. that you go under, you put them in, you make it happen. Your brother uh, brother in law Mark, yes, he has that super cool Camaro that I just kind of I was it's, like, what the f? That's the coolest thing ever that he has the little electric. It's switch. got electric cutouts on it, baby. That is wicked cool. This is also, to me, it doesn't have the electric part of it, but it's got this solidity mm-hmm. to it uh, for, for the sound that you want. System uses race-bred V-clamps to make it quick and easy. You can remove and swap between the muffler mod and the extreme deletes. Uh, you're going to have to, otherwise uh, you're going to get a noise nuisance ticket. Oh, yeah. Uh, Magnaflow's X-Mod system delivers just the sound you want with none of the drone. I had not really known about the drone. I, I started combing through YouTube oh, I videos with you my headphones the... on left and right, and I'm like, oh. Oh, I can tell you about the drone. It's uh, It was surprising. Uh, try taking Vlad more than 30 miles in any direction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you all about the drone, I got me baby. Some drone. Oh, yeah. These, uh, they have none of the drone thanks to passive noise-canceling resonators that are tuned for the Hemi's common drone frequency range. Mm-hmm. The system also features header connection pipes to make it easier to connect a set of performance headers and interchangeable carbon fiber-wrapped stainless tips are available. So not all the shiny chrome... But, you know, black and mean. Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll save you some homework. This is None of this is approved by your HOA. <laughs> <laughs> Not none of it. Uh, they don't like me anyway. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with your grass? Nothing. Shut up. Drive on. Of course, it's not just about the sound of, and the aesthetics. Uh, that's where the Magnaflow X-Mod exhaust goes from good to great. The system promises gains of 14 to 21 horsepower <laughs> with your factory tune. So, happy. <laughs> now, it's not cheap, of course. Uh, the system for the Challenger runs a suggested retail price of $2,800. And if you're able to spend the cash for that level of details, what the hell? It's going to sound awesome. You'll have some choices. Give you some extra pep just for added fun. Get on it. Yeehaw. Well, both Rob Report and TopSpeed.com are reporting uh, about this this kit, this freaking kit, man. And it's, uh, you know, surprisingly easily priced, all things considered. <laughs> For a guy like me to say that's pretty brave. Uh, yeah, well, it, we'll see about that. Uh, the 1934 BMW R7 is an amazing looking it's buy. It's beautiful. It's the original is oh my god, Art Deco, flowing lines, engine fascia with a for a finished look. It's uh, it's a one of a kind concept bike that was never produced. It was just a concept, and it was thought to be lost to the world until 2005 when it was re- rediscovered and fully restored. Oh my god. No price tag on it, but most folks bet it would hammer near or over a million dollars. Taking a look at it, yeah, it would. It absolutely freaking would. A one-of-one? Sure, maybe you could find the 85th commemorative edition of it built by Enmoto. Back in April, those were going for a quarter of a million dollars. (laughs) A quarter of a million dollars. Uh, Pocket change. And only 10 were being made, so good luck there. And if you want one real bad, but not 250K or more bad, you're still in luck. All you need is a BMW R9T, which is current bike that BMW makes, and the InMoto conversion kit. Florida-based InMoto has just released a bolt-on kit that recreates the 1934 look and feel, dubbed the InMoto R7T kit, and it's just $6,900. 
you won't need fabrication work on any of the changes to the chassis. It's mostly a matter of removing a large portion of the R19's body and replacing those parts with Moto's kit. Still, you better know a little bit about what you're doing or get some help. You get a new fuel tank, fuel pump, hoses and filter, front and rear wheel fenders and brackets, a new tail light, oil cooler, relocation bracket, fork and engine covers, hoses and connectors, headlight turn signals, handlebar cover, and exhaust tube extension. You get some stuff. It's a pretty thorough kit. Yeah. Key parts like the engine suspension, chassis, brakes, wheels, and seat remain unchanged. Folks, you got to go online and take a look at this thing. It is absolutely gorgeous. We'll have the links on Road Muscle Radio. Ooh, Ooh, sexy, and nobody else around you will have one of these. Oh, this no. thing is no, it's so so sweet. Way to get a really cool pre-war Art Deco looking bike with modern running gear for not a ton of cash, all things considered. Very cool bike and very cool kick from Inmoto. You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a Honda Dream up here on the front, uh, little front bit, end, tuning, little with, bit. Uh, the tuning forks. And then you see that kind of gas tank thing that leads down in the seat? Mm-hmm. That's actually an alien head from Aliens. No, I see that. We'll just have to, you know, get hold yeah. of H.R. Geiger and ask him where he got <laughs> Ask him where he got his uh, inspiration. I got it from a BMW. It was from a motorcycle gas tank. <laughs> it's beautiful, yes. It'll uh, kill you. Yeah. Uh, God, that thing is just gorgeous. That is sexy. That I have no idea sexy. what the base bike costs. I'm sure it's not cheap. But... Uh, I think uh, R19 is probably around 20 grand. So you figure probably uh, upwards of 30 grand. Yeah, uh, by, right the time you're, by the time you got everything said and done. But for this amazing freaking bike. Yeah, and nobody else has anything that looks like that. That's awesome. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna draw a crowd. Oh, fuck. And it's not you know you think about it. You can drop thirty grand on a new Harley in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, without even blinking. Yeah. The uh, from AutoWeek.com talk about stuff that's not make you <laughs> worry about the price yet. Uh, mm-hmm. AutoWeek has an article about five 1980s cars that they think you should buy right now as collectible. These are the investment vehicles from AutoWeek. Uh, Okay. This first pick, uh, this is a gimme if you've followed any kind of collector car stuff at all. Anything that is vintage Toyota Land Cruiser, just buy it. You know, Icon 4x4 does these also. Yeah, and there's a good reason for it. There's a following form. Plus, the originals, even without going through Icon or any kind of a, a big restoration or transformation, these things are Bulletproof. It is not unusual to see them with well north of two hundred fifty thousand miles on them. There was a gorgeous one that was at the uh, at that Ottawa car show I okay. just I talked about earlier, and uh, it was the only one there. I, I think it was the only Toyota period, and it was just cool and and pristine. They have an amazing cult following. I can see why they absolutely do. Anyway, uh, the article says there's a boom in demand for young timer SUVs. I'm not a fan of the phrase "young timer," but that's what they're calling them. It's a, I, I'm, they're new collectibles. Ah, and yeah. uh, part of one of the upsides of, like the Bronco. Remember my Bronco? Uh huh. It was 30 years old. Yep. But 30 years ago, they had power windows, power locks, power steering, power brakes, tilt, cruise, AC. <laughs> uh, you know, and mine had that monster stereo in it that would deafen everybody <laughs> within a block. Yeah. Uh, the newer collectible cars that are coming have lots more amenities to them. It makes collecting them a lot easier. Yeah. And you're given Toyota Land Cruiser reliability. The damn things run forever. They're like cockroaches. You can't kill them. And, uh, 
you know, the the only downside is is they bring strong money. Yeah. And a 1990 model year version just sold for 26.5 on Bring a Trailer. Uh, just here in the last couple of months, had 131,000 miles on the clock, had that terrific four liter inline six coupled with a four speed automatic. Uh, the result was is certainly toward the upper end of what these things draw, but in good condition. Yeah. With not a ton of miles, and 131 on one of these is fairly low. No clear silicon around the back window. <laughs> no silicon around You'd be the back surprised window. What that can do for the and uh, value you know of the if it's if it's fairly clean, doesn't have rust on it, doesn't have any <laughs> silicone holding the glass in. Uh, curb appeal plays a big part in yeah. these. Uh, J6Cs can really get north, and I don't think they're going to go the other way. So if you want one, grab it now. While we're on the topic, there's a 10,000-mile 1990 Bronco Eddie Bauer on uh, oh. bring a trailer right now. It's black and tan. You think I haven't been thinking, well, I'll just clean out my emergency hey. phone and buy that some Hey, Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, I'm not doing that anymore. I, I'm a bit fifty one's a bit old to be hitting your folks up yeah, for there car is money. A, you're not wrong. <laughs> Coming in at number two is a Mercedes Benz W one two three. The W one twenty three platform is very cool. Those are going to be, if uh, memory serves, uh, the big body cars. And uh-huh. well, I could be wrong. Those might be the midsize. I'm trying to remember all my Mercedes nomenclature. What uh, what surprised me in reading through this article because I I know jack crap about Mercedes Benzes, mm-hmm. but this one I'm like, oh, that's one of those where people take these things and they're so damn bulletproof yeah. that they they start turning them into the uh, the home brewed. Uh, um, Fuel oh, the, source. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. They're, when they're, know, they're doing, burning French fry grease and yeah, biodiesel, all, all that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. They do a little tuning on, a little changing, a little work with the carb, and next thing you know, they they smell like French fries. You know, as much as I bitch about my Mercedes, and I do, uh, the Mercedes diesels, they run forever. Yeah. They run forever. Now, they also used to put out a black smoke screen behind them. <laughs> That would make they always roll cold. That would make that would make most bro truck owners jealous, you know. Uh, those things, they just you you'd have to take forty one dollars to the car wash and get all the black off the back of them. But they do just run forever. Now, you ain't beating anything zero to sixty. No, no, you'll get you'll get stomped by an old lady with a Kmart cart. <laughs> They'll get in the 40s for mileage. Dang. Dang. Yeah. Per so, gallon of French fry grease. Yep. Freaking rock and roll. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you'll smell like McDonald's. The neighborhood dogs will be licking your tailpipe, and you'll get better <laughs> mileage than a Prius. A diesel 84 300 TD turbo that had 120,000 miles on the odometer, uh, that was clicked in for 29,000 mm-hmm. on Bring a Trailer recently. TD is the wagon. Oh, Mercedes, my God. It was Merce- the oh, Mercedes. Those are so ugly. Man, Mercedes diesel wagons, they got a following, and <laughs> you're never, ever going to believe this. I love them. No! I love oh, them. Oh, finally, you've, you've loved something uglier than oh, that, um, great many things that I love. <laughs> and more, more ugly on one of those cars than a Rolling Stones group photo. Just disturbingly bad. <laughs> oh, there you go. Coming in at number three, Volkswagen Vanagon Westphalia. The Vanagons. Now, these aren't even just the, you know, cutesy ones with round kind of curved fronts, a little ling, and they look like little bugs. No, these are the ugly square ones from the 80s. What? But they had the killer camper conversions in them. Yeah. 
with all the stuff. Yeah, just kind of lift up that top, and next thing you know, you're in and on it. Oh, yeah. Um, conditions of usable examples t- tend to vary a lot, and those who have everything might reap the rewards. A 1982 Vanagon L Westphalia 4-speed uh, sold on Bring a Trailer, 24500 bucks. That's unreal. And that's not the ceiling. It landed about mid-pack when it comes to these uh, unrestored examples. The uh, And remember, these are things that they're recommending that you buy now because they're expecting the values to continue to rise. Mm-hmm. Number four is a Mercedes-Benz uh, W126 S-Class. These are the ones that I really had in mind when we were talking about the 123s. Uh, there is a uh, mid to late 80s. I want to say mid 80s. 560 SEC on Bring a Trailer right now. It's a black pearl metallic AMG wide body conversion, which means oh. it's got these giant fender flares around the rear wheels and the, you know the 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 rear tires are over a foot wide and going to go out and do some autocross. No, this thing looks <laughs> this thing looks like a highway hammer, man. This thing and. It's got a few days left on the auction right now as we're recording this. It's already up to $100,000. Holy cow. It would rule at any Radwood event you ever took it to. And it, I like this so much. I drug Rhonda into the office and I showed it to her, my wife. And I said, I would trade one of our children. <laughs> I love you, honey. Bye. Yeah. Well, <laughs> probably ought to do the one that's an art college. That'll save me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, honey. I mean it. <laughs> Tell him you got a scholarship, Jaden. It'll be okay. Well, apparently uh, uh, there are a bunch of the low mileage, low mileage examples of these in Florida uh, to this day because, you know, retirement communities. Retirement communities and uh, 80s cocaine trade. <laughs> to, uh, for this generation of the S-Class, there are a few caveats to the value side. Everything inside has to be working if you want top dollar mm-hmm. because sorting electronics and these things apparently can be quite tricky. Uh, low mileage is a plus. Most are high mileage. Records are a must for yes. any example that dreams of generating top dollar. Yes, yes, yes. Big and important on these cars. So in 1985, 300 SD powered by a 3-liter uh, turbo diesel inline 5 mm-hmm. paired with a 4-speed automatic sold for twenty k in August. I'll yep. bring a trailer. Had less than 34,000 miles on it. That makes it an absolute unicorn. Uh, like I said, these things get great mileage, which means that most people who bought them just drove the wheels oh, off yeah. of them and racked up huge miles. Finding one with 34,000 miles on the clock, that is, honest to God, unicorn stuff. Nice. The number five that they recommend, uh, hello, McFly, uh, back to the future. Here you go. Minty Toyota pickup trucks from the 1980s have seen a sharp rise in demand over the past five years. So this is the second one to show up from Toyota. Four by four SR5 versions of these trucks uh, have really kind of topped the niche market. This goes both for the third gen of the Hilux offered through the 1983 model year in the U.S. and the more plentiful fourth gen. 4x4 enthusiasts, of course, have placed a premium on the SR5 V6 versions equipped with a 3-liter engine from the 4th gen, and the condition can reward sellers quite generously. A 1986 4x4 SR5 5-speed with 122,000 miles sold for 15000 on Bring a Trailer. Just, you know, straight up. These turn up on Bring a Trailer a lot. They bring solid money. Uh, Here's the two problems. One. Uh, first, second generations, boy, if you looked at them cross-eyed, they rusted. 
Yeah. They were not galvanized, I don't believe. The beds have a tendency to rust. They rust and the rear fender is really bad. The other thing is uh, since so many uh, terrorists and third world countries have decided to use <laughs> yes. this. As, you, still, you see his rocket launchers in the back of the Yeah, TV. rocket launcher in the back of a Toyota oh pickup. Yeah. Uh, and there's a reason they hearts. use these. They never, ever break down. <laughs> They don't yeah. ru- they don't rust in those places because those places are usually in they the Middle East. There's no water. <laughs> uh, gas is cheaper than water, and uh, they run forever. There's a reason these guys use them. They're they're not dumb just because they're terrorists. Uh, they use Toyota pickups because they run forever, and they are tough to find. Again, much like the Land Cruisers, people love these. They got them. They drove the wheels off of them. They are amazing if you can find them without rust. And they do run forever. And if you are a child of the 80s, like the two guys sitting in the studio right now, and you remember that first Back to the Future movie, I would trade my eye teeth to lay my hand. I almost bought one back in the 90s. I got really, really, really close. And I let a girlfriend talk me out of it. And I never forgave her. <laughs> you know what? The things we did for love back then, uh, I we let a just, girl yeah. talk me into buying the Air Supply Greatest Hits 8-track tape, if that tells you how bad I don't think that's me. worse than the Toyota thing, but it's close. It's pretty damn close. It's really close. I'm all it's out really of close. love. <laughs> all, all out of love. Yeah. I, I had milk that lasted longer than 8-tracks, man. <laughs> You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> but there you go. There's a list. I did find it interesting on that that uh, they didn't outline – they didn't recommend any uh, homemakers. No, no domestics. No, no domestics. domestics at all. And hmm, who knew? But uh, I'll just have to wait for that 83 LeBaron that my dad had to really Yeah, well, if you, get, if you get an 83 LeBaron ragtop, I will buy you the soundtrack to St. <laughs> Elmo's Fire on cassette. <laughs> we will get down – and the boogie oogie again. <laughs> Find links to these stories and more on our blog at roadmuscleradio.com. Coming up in our sec- second segment, nothing. Not nothing. This is it, nothing. baby. This is it. You get one segment. <laughs> Straight shot. Boom. And we're done. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your time with us as we yak about cool car stuff. There's nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you got best buddies to share it with. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at roadmuscleradio.com for all the links and all the goodies on Twitter when I get around to Twitter. Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. You'll get one segment and like it, mister. (laughs) We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.